Merry Christmas. Thankfully, we are still in the Christmas season. Well, if we say it tomorrow, we might be considered a little odd, but hey, I'm a little odd anyway. Uh, so today is the end of the Christmas season, and, and uh, formally we end it with the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord most years, except because we transfer Epiphany. Uh, there's some years where uh, the evening of Epiphany is the beginning of the uh, ordinary time again. When we enter ordinary, doesn't mean humdrum, but rather the ordered days, or rather the ordered weeks. Second Sunday of ordinary time, third Sunday of ordinary time, those kind of things, where we live out everything that we've just celebrated. And so it's fitting that uh, as we end this Christmas season, we end it with the baptism of the Lord, and we begin ordinary time with it, because in our spiritual life, that's how our spiritual life begins, is with our baptism. We have to remember that the baptism that Jesus uh, has, uh, receives, uh, that we celebrate this day is not the baptism that we receive. It's John's baptism, a baptism of repentance and identification of sin. There is a typo in the bulletin in the pastor's notes where uh, I dropped a not. Jesus was not in need of repentance. He was perfectly united, his will perfectly united with his heavenly Father. And even at the Garden of Gethsemane, where we hear of his praying, not my will, but your will be done, it was still perfectly united, and he was uh, united in it further for the mission that he was to endure, the cross. But in his life, Jesus had no need of repentance because he was perfect. And so why does he receive John's baptism and the identification as a sinner, identification as one who is in need of repentance. After all, that, that, that baptism was only a symbol, a sign. It didn't change the reality of the person. It just was the person's admitting, I need repentance. And again, Jesus had no need. Let, let us be clear about that. It's so that when Jesus enters those waters of the Jordan, they are transformed. The liturgy, the hours, says the king is baptized by his soldier. And I, there's some power in that line. The king is baptized by his soldier so that the waters of baptism then take on an ability that they didn't have before, that not only are they identification as sinners, but those who are baptized are transformed. That we receive the birth, the, the baptism of rebirth, of renewal, of regeneration. That baptism changes us. Yes, we remain uh, possible of sin, but original sin being washed away, and we still, still deal with its effects, of course, uh, after baptism. But because of baptism, we have grace to deal with those effects. And I think it's fitting that it's water that is used. After all, and every time I, I hear this, uh, I'm kind of amazed, but there's at least 38 anomalies about water that scientists have identified that if it were any other way, we wouldn't be here. If, if water behaved in a normal way that the, the, the chemicals, these two chemicals of oxygen and hydrogen do, if, if they behaved in any other way but the anomalous ways that they behave, we wouldn't be able to be alive. And, and one, for example, that, that we 
perhaps dread, but it's ice itself, that most things, as they get colder, get more compact, more dense, and they sink. Ice, water, behaves that way until about 4 degrees Fahrenheit, and then it starts to get less dense so that it floats. Those that are ice fishers enjoy that because you can walk on the ice. But imagine what would happen if water froze and just simply sank. It would kill all life in every lake that experienced freezing. But because ice expands, it protects life. Water is necessary for the physical life. In fact, survivalists tell us if you're ever lost, the first thing you should do is look for a good source of water, even before shelter, even before food. If you have no water, you will not be able to live very long. Water is important. And there is an adage in the spiritual life that uh, if uh, grace builds on nature, and because grace builds on nature, what is true about the physical life is ultimately true about the spiritual life. If we need water for the, the physical life, and then food, and then warmth, how much more do we need water for the spiritual life? How much more do we need baptism to begin that life of grace in us? In fact, the church teaches that without baptism, we cannot have the life of grace. That doesn't mean that those that are not baptized through no fault of their own can't be saved, but they're saved in a particular way, unique way that's known to God alone. But for, for the vast majority, it is through baptism alone. So those that are not baptized, we have hope for, but baptism is the guarantee of salvation. So if anyone ever asks us, are you reborn or are you born again, as the question might come, we can say yes if we've been baptized. Because that is how this life of regeneration begins. That it really changes us. It's not a mere symbol, but rather a real sign that participates and helps us participate in the life of grace. And it all begins because of Christ's baptism. In fact, baptism is so, so important, I'm convinced. And I, I asked the, those in the sacristy before if they know the date of their baptism, and I'm impressed that most of us did. But we should know it, and we should celebrate maybe not the same way we celebrate or birthdays. Of course, some of us don't celebrate our birthdays either. That's another story. But we should celebrate our baptism because that's the day in which life, the spiritual life, began in us. That at that moment, we, we were given the grace to drink deeply of the font of eternal life. That eternal life enters into us. I had, uh, last night, as I was reflecting on some of the miracles of Jesus and, and such, aside from the miracle of the changing water into wine, you know, time and again, Jesus multiplies twice in, in each of the Gospels. He, he takes bread and multiplies it. He takes bread at the end and transforms it into his own body. He, t- he gives us food time and again. But never once does he make water appear. That happened in the Old Testament, of course. When the people were thirsty in the, in the desert, Moses was asked to strike the rock. And, of course, he struck it twice and was uh, punished for that. But God provided why not Jesus? It's because Jesus is the living water. That when we come to him and he tells us this with, 
in the episode of the woman at the well. If you knew who I was talking to you, you would ask him for water. And springs of living water would rise up within you. Again, the spiritual life follows the physical life. As we come this day on this Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, it's important for us to remember that God has given us the great gift of baptism. But it is a gift. I, I've shared, and I'm still uh, floundering for, for, for an explanation, a full explanation, but the, my mom, after my parents were divorced, uh, about two years later, married another uh, a man, and, and the first Christmas we were all together was very interesting. We could open up our gifts and ooh and awe and thank each other, which was all fine and good, but then we had to put them back in the box and put them under the tree for a day. Yeah, you're, you're looking at me like, that's odd. Yes, it is odd. And the reason is, as a family in his family of origin, they began to realize that if they used them right away, that sometimes the toys would be broken. And so it's better just put it under the tree and not break anything for a day. But I can't think of a better way of saying, I really love this gift than to break it the first day. Not that we want to, but isn't that what a gift is best for? If a gift is used and broken, and, but it's broken in, because you used it so much that first day, or the batteries ran out, or whatever it is. I think God the Father himself invites us to the same thing. In fact, I know he does. Consider the parable of the talents. The one who comes to the master and says, Master, I know you are a hard man. You plant where, or you take up where you did not plant and you, you reap what you did not sow. So I took the money that you, that you gave me and I buried it and here it is. Oh, you worthless lout. You didn't even try. I think if we stand before God the Father, with, if we want to imagine our baptismal garment, we stand before him with it soiled, with holes in, and with burns and all sorts of things, and, and, and we stand before him and say, God, I tried to use that gift of baptism to the best of my ability, and sometimes I failed. And sometimes I lived that grace that that baptism gave me. But here it is. I think the Father's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. But if we stand before him saying, well, I was baptized, but I didn't open up that gift. I didn't allow that gift to have weight in my life. I didn't live that gift out. I, I just went with the flow, and I just did what I wanted to. With no regard, I think we know what the answer of God is. Because Christ is baptized, he transforms the waters of the world to bring about regeneration in us. And because we are baptized, we're given the opportunity for a life of grace in this world and given the hope of eternity.